Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem Feedback and Insights, Sheer number 127. We're going to talk today, we're going to give a summary of the five love languages that we spoke at length in the numeric series. And it's Kadai to review, if you heard it. It's Kadai to review those Shiorim in detail. You could email or WhatsApp me, really WhatsApp me, to, for me to send you those particular Shiorim. But this is something Gary Chapman discovered in his own experiencing experiences and in counseling hundreds of couples that he discovered this concept of the five fundamental ways of expressing love. And um, each person usually has a different primary love language to fulfill their emotional need for love. And so we're going to go through them briefly here, but it's going to be packed with information that is Kadai to review in the main Shiorim. Words of affirmation, that's the first one, words of affirmation. The power of affirming words, if people have that primary love language, is they thrive on com- comments of compliments in words. You look nice in that outfit. I really appreciate what you did for me. One of the things I appreciate about you is this and this and this. You focus on your husband or wife's personality, their intellect, your wife's beauty, even physical beauty. If it's in the spirit of also valuing them as a person, then the praising of their physical beauty is a beautiful, wonderful thing. They need to hear that, your attitude and so on. The key is, like we said, you're expressing that you value value them as a person. And these words are especially powerful when you speak with a kindness. Kindness means in the way you speak it, the tone of your voice, the volume of your speech that expresses kindness. And for people whose primary love language is words of affirmation, then when they hear harsh criticisms, it's like a knife in the heart. And to hear kind, kind, appreciative words is like rain falling on a desert sand. It's it's it it's it gives chi someone who's thirsty and has a has, is given something to drink, and it's it's hard to understand for somebody who does not have that as an important love language how much it is so affirming and life giving to the other person. So that's love language number one: words of affirmation. The second love language is called acts of service. Our actions. For example, cooking meals or washing dishes, vacuuming floors. If you have a pet, walking the pet for your spouse, washing the car, mowing the grass, changing the baby's diaper. You know, they're saying that action speaks louder than words is, is always true, but it's even more true for this person whose love language is acts of service. It's fascinating. One humorously, one husband said, it's fascinating. I could say words to compliment her. I could give her gifts. I could give her, uh, uh, you know, all these other things, physical touch. But, you know, when I vacuum the floor for her, she's like ecstatic. She's so happy. Now, for people who don't have this access service as a love language, they may not understand it. But here is the key also. If your, if your love language is words of affirmation, so you think that just like I need to receive love by kind words, I'm going to give my wife kind words to, to fill her need. The truth is you always have to say kind words. That's true. You need to say, I love you, I care about you. You use those words. But but you're, 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 to hit to the real core of what your wife really needs, if her 
if her love language is acts of service, is you wash the dishes or vacuum the floor. Ironically, this, this puts them into a mood to even want to become intimate because they feel um, fulfilled by the acts of service that you're doing for them. So that is very uh, important to know, that sometimes words of affirmation alone won't connect with your wife or husband as much as doing things for them. The third um, love language is quality time, which means that you give your husband or wife that your undivided attention, you sit on the couch together, across the table together, you close all your gadgets, all your devices, you're not answering phones, and you're giving full attention to one another. You could do it by walking together, and as you're walking, you're talking to each other, and you're giving that time, going to a restaurant. But again, it's a, going to a restaurant doesn't just mean reading the menu and talking about superficial things, but rather that you talk to each other, not with your nose and smartphone. You shut the phone. Now, quality time doesn't always mean that you're talking. This is a big insight also. So let's say you're gardening together. You're doing whatever task you're doing. It's an emotional bond, the fact that you're doing things together. So that's another love language. The next love language is receiving gifts. Again, this is something that you may feel, feel if someone doesn't have this uh, love language, that it is superficial, but it's not. Because what this is showing, and the gifts don't have to be extremely expensive, but it shows he's thinking of me, she's thinking of me, look what they got for me. You know, it's it, we, we always said, you know, it's the thought that counts, but they need the gift with the thought. And and the gift is, you know, even if money is tight, you know, you you know, you give them things that aren't expensive but are, are symbolic, a, a beautiful card, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is. You have a little garden, you pick out a flower, you give it to her, um, and, and so on. So the idea being is if gift is the primary love language, you don't just give that gift on, on an anniversary or on, a, or, or, or on a birthday, but you constantly give them even on the quote-unquote normal, regular, mundane days. The next love language is physical touch. Physical touch here, again, is not the sexual aspects of it, although it could include the sexual aspects of it, but it means holding hands or kissing, hugging, back rubs, snuggling, so on. That This affirming touches deeply the core of a person. And we said this a few times when we spoke about the love languages. Many husbands assume that their primary love language is physical touch. The reason why they think this way is because they're always thinking of their desire for sex. If they have a high libido and they're interested in the sexual experience... So automatically they will, they will say, of course, physical touch is my love language. But you, that is misleading. You ask the question to yourself, does non-sexual touch make me feel loved? And they'll look at you like you're crazy. Is, is there such a thing as non-sexual touch? You know, so maybe it's this way. You know, if let's say you're in a shopping mall. And your wife reaches out and holds your hand. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel loved? And if it doesn't really move you so much, then you know that it's not your main love language. Or let's say she's pouring you a cup of coffee and puts a hand on your shoulder. Does that make you feel loved? 
Sometimes you'll say, yes, that makes me feel wonderfully love that touch on the shoulder. Then your love language may be physical touch. If you say, no, not really, then it's not your love language. So again, it's not based on sexual desires. It's based on the physical touch that's not connected with the sexual desire. Some people need that physical touch, like a hug, just a hug, is healing to these people. And it's not gender-specific. Any man, any woman could fit into any of these primary love languages. And you ask yourself, basically, how do you respond to the other person? Do you give, if you give words of affirmation freely, and if you do that, then that's probably your language. Because you usually speak in your own love language. You want to express love to others in the way you do it. So you look at how you're trying to give love to your spouse. If you're trying to say words of affirmation, kind words, most likely that's something that you're yearning for, so you're giving it back to her, and that's your love language. If you do things for her, acts of service, then that means that that's probably your love language. If you spend quality time with him or her, that means that she wants to, or he wants to spend quality time with you. So more or less, usually, usually, how you express to your spouse is usually what your love language is. Another thing also to sense what, what's your real love language is when your husband or wife comes up with a complaint to sense it. Like, for example, if they say, I feel we don't ever have enough time with each other anymore, that indicates that the love language is quality time. Or what they request more often. If they say very often, give me a back rub or whatever it is, and, it, and it's not talking about that you happen to have a back pain and you just want the, a little uh, scratch me here just to alleviate the pain or rub me here to alleviate the pain. We're talking about just thumb. I, I need a back rub. Then that's a request probably for physical touch. So all these are very, very important. Now, when, when you're talking about love languages and you have different love languages, the important thing is you have to work on not being irritated. Very often, because you have different love languages, it, it can be a little frustrating at times. And it's important to do your best to overcome that, whatever irritation you mean. Because love doesn't mean you that your mate has to be perfect, that your husband has to be perfect, that your wife has to be perfect. No one could say everything exactly you wanted. We're all human beings. And you have, love, part of true love is accepting things when they cannot change or won't change and one needs to really really understand that concept sometimes there's a, 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 a hanhaga of of doing something that is so irritating to you that you get very very frustrated and create a breach of a marriage and something that's simply the way you organize a cabinet or the way you put things in the bathroom in, in this drawer versus that drawer um Sometimes uh, an example we give is, let's say, a wife has this habit that she, she does the laundry. First of all, it's a chesed right away. Husband needs to realize, Baruch Hashem, she's kind enough and doing that chesed of doing the laundry. That itself, and she's folding it or whatever it is to, to appreciate that. So she does the laundry, and what she does is, is, let's say she goes to the dryer, puts it all into a basket, and then dumps it on his bed, She's used, she happens to be using his bed, sometimes her bed, sometimes his bed, but he's using his bed and dumps all the clothing and proceeds to fold them. And some of it she folds and puts it back in the drawer and the others she leaves, instead of logically 
okay, I'm, I'm not in the mood of finishing this whole laundry pile, so I'm going to put these clothing that I dumped on the bed back in the basket, and I'll fold it later. But no, it stays on the bed. And, you know, and okay, fine. So if you could please, next time you do this, please, you could, you don't have to do, if you're not in the mood of doing the laundry anymore, just put the rest of it back in the basket and put it aside so it shouldn't stay on the bed. And it's week to week, like clockwork, you see a whole pile of un, um, you know, processed clothing, clean clothing on your bed, and you have to pick it up and put it in the basket, or you could decide to fold it and put it in the drawer. These things could aggravate a person like crazy, irritate them like nuts, but they need to learn to let it go. You know, what are you going to do, leave her? You're going to be miserable every time that you have a, a little laundry on your bed? I'm picking one example, but you could think if you really look deeply, there's so many, so many instances where these types of habits, when you're used to doing something and you're annoyed that your wife or your husband isn't getting it and they're doing the same thing again and again, to sometimes let go and and so on and so forth. There's certain things that are not worth it to try to change them, some things that you need to accept with your husband or wife that they cannot change or will not change. And that is where your Ahava could override, Nechasa Pesham could override these things. This is not a major, you know, when it comes to a major issue that's constantly coming up, you could sometimes go for counseling or speak to a mentor together to work on those things. But open drawers, closed drawers, laundry on the on the thing, the 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 the, the, the this item being left out in the kitchen instead of being put back, you know, those things that are truly minor but drive us bananas, we need to learn not to let it bother us. Even though it bothered us a lot so many times, it could be a little OCD that we have, we have to have it this way, we need to let go of those things and not to have that powerful emotion that we have, to remove any hostility that we have, and let's say, you know, let's say it's a habit of that, you know, when you take something out of a drawer, you open it and then you close it. And if a husband or a wife has this habit that when they look for something in a drawer, they open it and they leave it open. You have, you come home, and you see a bunch of these empty, uh, these open drawers. And it's so simple, stupid. I shouldn't say that word, but like, why can't, you know, what the, what's, what does it bother you to just close it? You looked in the drawer, very nice, close it. So you come in and you see these open drawers and it irritates you. But you basically, that's, you, 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 if you see it's not working, and you explained it in a nice way, whatever it is, then you simply accept it. You take a deep breath and say, okay, my job is to close those drawers. And when I, 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 am, I am guaranteed when I come home, I will see a bunch of open drawers, or I will see that laundry on my bed. I will close those drawers. I will put the laundry back in the basket. And even better, I could offer to actually fold them myself and put it in the drawer myself. So this is the idea behind it. So the idea is the first course of any action is to, you could ask to change, you know, to ask your spouse to, to do this and this instead of that and that. There's nothing wrong with it. And But if it's not working, then you basically take a, take a deep breath and you do your best to just accept it. So again, we reviewed briefly, and we touched upon only the surface of it, those five fundamental love languages. There are shiurim in Antara Cafe, if you type in love languages, I think the couple's name is Plotkin, 
It's a couple that discusses a little bit of this, and it's very, very informative. And this is really, really a side. Now, the idea being, though, it's very, very important, is is that you, you like any other system or any other mahalach, you need to really understand that you need all five of these love languages. Even if it's not your main one, you need to do all these five. You always need, number one, words of affirmation to say those kind words, whether it's your love language or not, or her love language or not. You need to do acts of service for them, do pu'ulais that is helpful to them. You need to spend the quality time. You need to occasionally give them gifts, whether it is their love language or not, and the physical touch, the non-sexual physical touch. You definitely also need as well. All five needs to be used. What's also fascinating is is that the love language, even though I, I believe that in the core of it, every person has a primary love language, but it fluctuates. In other words, it could be in younger years, you needed the receiving gifts more. And then as you got a little older or the marriage progressed, then you yearn for that quality time more. There are tukufais where the physical touch may not speak to you that much. And then there are certain times where things happen in life or situations or based on how you've grown with your husband, with your wife. Now I need to hold your hand. And that's why sometimes these hanogas change and it surprises you where normally a husband or wife wasn't into a particular thing and then now they need something. doesn't mean that the core language necessarily primarily changed, but something came up in their consciousness that now they need to express love or to be expressed to them this particular love language that normally they don't, they don't do. You know, so that's a very, very important idea. You look back, and I think we went through it in some of this year, and if you look through Chazal, that's the interesting thing about all these types of, of um, lectures. Look deeply into the five love languages, and you'll see that all of it has Mekairis in Chazal, or the Chiyuvim of a husband to a wife, wife to a husband, or general Ashkaf of Shalom Bayes. Words affirmation for something is 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 all over the Taira. The Loisainu, you learn the reverse. V'sima and, and other chazals about giving encouraging words. Acts of service, yes, pu'ulais, quality time, aina, that's a chilek of aina. Physical touch is no question. That's also part of aina, not just the, the actual sexual act, but the foreplay and also non-sexual touch. And receiving gifts, you see yantiv, Shabbos, yantiv is an inya to give them nice clothing, the covered yantiv, but it's also to make your wife joyful. So again, just to reiterate, it's good to listen to the shiurim of the love languages. It's very, very important. You give your husband or wife a compliment each and every day. You express words to them. You don't allow their reaction to stifle their love. You keep doing those positive things no matter what. Those imperfections that bother you very often, those minor things like we discussed, you need to accept. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, will give you all siyata d'shmaya. You practice these things, it'll be a tremendously beautiful experience and it'll enhance your marriage in a great, beautiful way. Bracha and atzlacha to all.